Good evening and welcome to Loud and Lush. It must be five o'clock on us. <laughs> Are you all right, April? <laughs> oh, five o'clock on a Sunday and Miss Laura is already canceling out her mic. Hey, sweetie, did you have a good week? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Busy one as usual, but you know. Keep them all coming, keep these songs coming. That's what we like. Anyway, we need, we need to move on fast because we have so much this week and we have a fab interview coming up. Um, so let's crack on. This week we're kicking off with Minus Alive and Wildfire.
sit face down Look away in shame Force my hand Call it up alive Especially for you my luck and and yours begin Needless to say you
second. Now that there was There You Go Again with J.R. Gray. Now I need to make a little bit of apology for this one. Um, it was actually sent to me by a lovely gentleman called Dennis, who I actually sent a message back calling him Denise. I do apologise. Fortunately, his wife is called Denise, so we just made a, a rather about large joke out of it. So, Dennis and Denise, that one was for you. Ooh, 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 next up. I love this band and I, I really, really want to see them live because, um, yeah, they're just so amazing. Um, you've heard them all before. This is Girl with Surrender. Wet skin, rocks, chin, lipstick, stain that cigarette Kiss, hush, shy, blush, black velvet, lollipop, sugar rush Girl, you're getting some, come and jump on it Right, Holly Davidson, this song on the air to bed
Okay, now that was Last Man Alive bringing us Thrill of the Chase. And that is a solo project from our Sir David's Neck of the Woods in Wigan. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Maybe he can get them out on there. Yeah, hopefully. Now, this next guy is the reason that I'm here. This is Mr. Andy Davidson uh, from Feature Wolves. This is actually a remix of one of Andy's songs. And this is from... A remix by one of the most lovely gentlemen that you could ever have the pleasure to meet. This is my lovely guitar teacher, Mr. James Henderson, a.k.a. The Silver Fox. Um, get your ears around this one. This is an absolutely beautiful summer tune. This is I've Been Waiting For You. Yeah. 
Okay, now that was Wallace, my English teacher. All met while studying in Leeds. Once again, not far from me then. Oh, wow. Mm. That whole strip, just east to west, right there across that little northern neck. Just amazing. Just the stuff Mm -hmm. that's coming out of this. It's absolutely exploding out there. Mm -hmm. And what's it going to be like once everything really, really does open up? I can't wait. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fabulous. Um, So this next song is a little bit of a collab. Um, This is by um, Kevin Thompson and Stephen Taylor. Um, And it's written and played by Kevin and sung by Stephen. And this is Stargazing. The scar on my arm reminds me of a time that I'd rather forget When the stresses of life were collided And I did things that I now regret The pressure that I put us under I couldn't see through the clouds in my mind With some time to reflect I found clarity And like the purest of diamonds it shined Oh, just
Okay, now that was Shame on You from our little pesky buddies over on Revivory. And now that one is the one that is up on uh, the Brits and Pieces 2 that is out right now. Y'all have got to make sure and check that out. There is an amazing compilation with, you know, all new work. They've done such a good job, and uh, we always love hearing from the kids. Yeah, we absolutely love our pesky little kids, don't we? Yeah. Right, April, we are in for another treat this week. The lovely Paula has introduced me to this amazing band. And we're going to have the guys talk to us. So this is Brigade. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Very well. How are you? So who have we got with us? Who's, who is Brigade? Oh, that's, that's a deep question. Speed off the boat. My name is Jack Ann Stoops. Um, and this is my pillar, Al Brown. So we, we've been friends for 25 years. Um, and... We've always wanted to make music, and during lockdown, we sort of took the opportunity to, to do that. And we come from a town that's fairly rich with um, with musical talent. I mean, Boy Vance, Tudor Cinema Club, Snow Patrol, uh, Ryan McMullen is from, just down the road. There's a lot of a lot of well, there's just something in the water down here, and uh, I think people think and uh, we took lockdown to to make some music, and the the result has been brigade. Fabulous. So, who does what then? Um, the two of us. Mel, you can take this one. Yeah, we, well, there is only the two of us, so we sort of have all bases covered. Um, Jack is our guitar man, and I will be playing bass live, but we sort of take it in turns to play synths, pianos, program drums. We bit, we bit of everything in there. Okay, and how, so how does that work out when you're playing live? So we're very, very lucky that um, we collaborate with a lot of very, very talented musicians for um, for a whole host of different things. And um, we have uh, Barry Locke, who, who is a pretty pretty successful musician himself. He he would do a lot of backing vocals and, and work a lot with us. Um, we record with uh, Dean Stevens, um, who is one of the sort of best producers in Northern Ireland. Um, and live, we, we do have um, a, a live band lined up. Um, Barry Locke is going to do some backing vocals and, and uh, do some piano for us um, when he can. Um, and Dean Stevens is going to drum. And we're sort of we're, we're exploring options for guitarists at the moment and um, for second guitarists. Uh, so live, we do have or will have a, a band. Um, and we will also be using a lot of digital instrumentation as well, live. Um, so, yeah, I mean, live, we, we, we want to try and be as, as big as we can, but being as true to the music, because I haven't heard it, I'm sure you can, you can hear there's a lot of digital mm-hmm. stuff. We try to combine digital stuff with analog stuff, um, and, and that's sort of what we want our sound to be. We think that music's gone very... Um, very electronic and that's not a bad thing we, we both clearly love a lot of electronic music but we are also big fans of, of some of the heavier and, and even well, pop punk in particular I think we're both big fans of um, and uh, yeah so, so blurring the, the lines between the two is, is something that we're really really striving to do mm-hmm. and, and it sounds fabulous as I say I'd, it, Paula introduced you to me the other week and uh, you know I've been listening to the songs and everything and um, 
I just uh, get a total chill vibe from them. I absolutely love it. We, we, we actually have to thank Paula because she's, she's been great um, in terms of helping to promote us and, and sharing the love. And, you know, I think it's one of the frustrating things about being um, being in a band in this climate as well is, like, you know, you're, you're really at the mercy of, of who you get ears on the music of. Um, or, sorry, that's not the right phrasing. But, you know, you, you're really relying on, on people like Paula, you know, who, who will go out of their way to, to sort of share um, if they dig it. And, and I think... A lot of music now that that's how it does get found. You know, people share, they post it to their Instagram stories, and these on TikTok videos, you know, whatever it might be. And you know, we really, really appreciate that. We've been very, very lucky that in our space, you know, we're we're very, very grateful to have, have people like that, that that do help and we get us opportunities like this as well, which which helps obviously to get the music out there. Mm-hmm. And how did you meet Paula? Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah Twitter. Is uh, yeah, she did. She did say that she's been to see you as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. She, I think she's she's in Northern Ireland. So, um, you know, I think that uh, it's just a bit of a strange coincidence that you you meet someone online. You know. Yeah. Um. Did, did she actually been to see you yet? Have you played live? No, we're in the process of organising our first set of gigs at the moment. Ah. Um. Well, I'm sure Mel can probably explain more about our um, writing process as well. But like. Uh, you know, we, we, we really wanted to have a solid catalogue so that when people came across us, it wasn't just, you know, oh, who's this band or I like this one song. You know, we wanted to have a bit of a catalogue and that's something that Mel and I discussed at length. If, if you want to say a few words about that, Mel. Oh, it's, it's more so out of necessity as well because live music has literally only been allowed here for, I think, a week or something. And I think currently you have to be able to play outdoors Mm-hmm. we've been very hesitant to sort of you know pull together a live band because obviously like the rest of the UK our sort of dates have constantly been changing and and what we're actually allowed to do so I mean it's been a blessing and a curse because obviously the most I mean we've been in bands previously um, and obviously the best and most fun part of music has always been sort of you know sharing it live with people mm-hmm. but uh, it's been good because it's really allowed us to focus on you know the songwriting process and like Jack was saying sort of building up a catalogue so that you know hopefully when we you know first time we step on stage maybe one or two people there will have will be there because they've heard us previously Mm -hmm. rather than being a complete unknown commodity yeah definitely yeah that's great so you guys did together throughout lockdown although you've known each other for a long time it's funny because we, we've been, although we've been friends as personal life, and um, you know, we, we, we are those sort of two people like long lost lovers in a film that drift apart and come back together, you know, at, at various stages in our life, you know, met Mal moved away. Not this is the thing in, in Northern Ireland, he moved miles away, but in, in England, he'd have moved around the corner, you know, he moved 40 minutes up the road. But, but when we were teenagers and doing his ride, you know, there was a few years where we sort of lost touch and then. Um, when Mel was getting married, we, we caught up again and then we, we had a business project together and just a whole host of other stuff. And um, we, we sort of set the goal at the beginning of lockdown that, you know, I think lockdown was sort of taking its toll on both of us. And, mm-hmm. and I, I would advocate strongly for mental health. My, I've had my, my problems and um, music has been a, a great place to, to vent some of that and, and to to talk about it in a way that isn't um, contrived and 
I think both of us found lockdown very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. It was used as a tool to sort of process lockdown with the added benefit of, of you know, having something that we could keep forever. Um, and, you know, we very much, you know, even in the whatever lessons, we would still do this. Um, it's just great that so many people have, pos- uh, have responded positively. And I think one of the things as well that, that sort of helps us stand out is, you know, we haven't taken this lightly. We haven't sort of, you know, cobbled together a couple of demos and rushed them out. You know, we, we, we've been working with some of the top guys in the country. And, and I think it shows in the way that the music's produced. And that means that we can sort of stand back and be very, very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has had an effect because, you know, we do get comments on the fact that, you know, you know, how come you've only got X amount of lessons on Spotify? You know, that's because this. Um, I think the bottom line is that they're 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 good songs that are well produced, and that's something that we're both very very proud of. Yeah, and so you should be. So you should be. Um. So you've brought a couple of songs along yourselves, haven't you? Um, for us to have a listen to, because this is the part of the show that I absolutely love when you bring me things. Firstly, because it's usually something that I haven't heard. (laughs) And secondly, because I absolutely think it shows the love for everybody else and and how bonded everybody has become um, in our little music community. And and it just keeps growing. Like, you know, you say, Paula and sharing things. um, And, you know, I met Paula through, through Twitter. And yet, like you know, this time last uh, two weeks ago, she she was here. So it was. Um, it's been a fabulous, fabulous journey on Twitter for me, um, and this little family that we're creating, this music scene, um, is was well, say it's getting bigger and bigger, and 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 it, it's just amazing. Um, so so that we can show some support, I'd like you to do this part. Um, so who have you brought for us this week? The, the first one is uh, up like Lines of Flight. Uh, I'm I remember everything. Uh, it's just, it's very 80s. Um, I love the production and the vibe of it. They, they seem like great people. We've interacted with them a few times on Twitter. It's just amazing songwriting. Um, they're really strong tracks, and they have this great thing that just carries through their, their music catalog. Um, they've only got a handful of tracks on Spotify, but um, yeah, my, my first pick is Lines of Flight. I remember everything. Brilliant, let's have a listen.
then that was wild spelks and dreamer this is the guy um never actually met him once again uh, just a, another internet acquaintance um found his music through instagram and i just really dig it um like jack said earlier big pop punk fans growing up and i get a very uh jimmy world vibe from that and they're one of our favorite bands so yeah yeah i was introduced to wild spelks was it about three weeks ago um and yeah absolutely great great um i think it was somebody else but actually one of the other bands who brought brought that to my attention as well so 
getting some uh, some some good um, exposure on the show. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, in you know, we talked a little bit about how you guys have um sort of looking in to start doing your live music. Have you actually got anything lined up as yet? Uh, nothing that's confirmed because in this country at the moment everything is outdoor and you know there, there haven't been cemented dates so we're hesitant to just sort of line something up that'll just fall through because you know part of what we want to do and it might sound a bit braggy is you know we we, we wanted people to come across our music and see us live and kind of go you know where, where did they come from you know mm-hmm. um you know, we, we spent a lot of time writing and, and crafting and, and producing, getting our stuff produced by Dean Stevens at a, at a really high level. And because we we don't want to be a band that sort of takes a while to, to find their feet, you know, we, we used a lot of lockdown to write and scrapped a lot of material and, and really, really crafted some stuff. And mm-hmm. so we want to make sure that when we do the live gig that we've not only got everything exactly how we want it, but that we have the date cemented and it can't change and it can't go back and as as much as i love northern ireland and um, our country is not exactly known for smooth politics and uh, yeah. you know it wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the first time that dates have been put back and um, by the executive so we're, we're just a bit cautious due to the pandemic to, to set a date but it it will be over the next two or three months for sure Mm, brilliant and you talked a little bit there about you know you you guys doing the writing i know you, you, most people hate this part but people want to know what is your writing process do you get together does one of you do it do you both do it together what kind of things inspire you to write your songs i think we have two ways we write songs we either make a point sit down and collectively start from scratch, just start from having nothing. Or the way we've had a bit more success is one of us sort of structures a song and, and maybe like puts a, you know, puts the bass track down in, in Logic or Ableton or whatever we're using. And then we sort of get together and uh, flesh it out and then, you know, keep going back to it. Um, obviously, with constant lockdown changing, you know, there was times where we were allowed to to get together to do writing and there's a lot of times where it was just you know back and forth over emails and logic files and just working on things um individually but uh, i would say uh, you know objectively looking at our stuff i think we write best when one of us sort of comes with an idea and we're quite uh quite in tune with each other which sort of helps in this whole music thing mm-hmm. um and that sort of one quite similar thinkers and once we've got a you know a core idea down um we're, we're pretty good at fleshing it out usually yeah i mean i i i think that what mel said sort of does cover the basis i mean we we have done both and we have had success with both um the thing is that we're very very meticulous about lyrics because i think that all of our songs tell a specific story um and they're they're very we, we try to get them to be as emotive as possible um and you know for for us being able to um write the way that we do uh is is a great way for us to refine stuff because um you know if if i have a set of lyrics for something and um 
you know, uh, there's maybe a couple of tweaks that need done. You know, Mel, Mel and I have a very strong creative bond. We've done creative projects in the past with video work. And, and, you know, he would be very quick to be like, no, this lyric isn't, isn't good, you know, and I'm maybe attached to it in some way. And we always find a way to, to figure it out. And the same, the same is true the other way around, you know. And I feel like every time that we've had those awkward conversations where one of us is attached mm-hmm. to, you know, a chord change or a lyric change or whatever, um, we always find a way to, to make it better in the end. Um, and I think that usually we both end up acknowledging that the other person was right in that situation and, and we end up with a product that we feel is elevated. Um, so for, can you swear on this? Can mm-hmm. you swear here? Yeah. yeah. So like i was just gonna say that like i think we we just have both have a good way of of calling each other out um on on some of the, the bullshit choices we make and um, yes which, to be fair few and far between they're all but uh we usually find a way to, to make it work yeah it's us. a good thing um, like you said we've, we've been friends since we were like five years old and we're now well, i hate to say it but 30 year old man well I'm, you know <laughs> jack's technically older than me so i'm the, i'm the baby but uh you know we we do have 25 years of being friends and we're not gonna fall out with each other over you know some because we say criticism but it's not even criticism you know constructive criticism because we're both working to the, yeah. the same goal we've i mean being, we've both been in bands in the past where bands are usually a collection of quite fragile egos and people get very attached to their own things um Mm -hmm. but i feel like because we're that comfortable with each other in the creative process that we we sort of don't have that and we can solely focus on putting out something something better that rather than something more individually attached to yeah and then the other thing just just to that before we sort of wrap up the the songwriting process is just you know, Mel and I have both had um, interesting lives, to say it at that. We, you know, and it's not not for sympathy, but we've both had our fair share of um, troublesome experiences in life, and, and I feel like we we instantly understand what a song's about from the other person. Um, <laughs> even if it's even if the other person hasn't gone through the exact same thing, because we know each other so well, we know right he's talking about this. You know, in this song, um, and again, you know, I feel like overall our lyric writing process is normally it. It's not that the process is like strictly joint. We have sat and written lyrics from scratch for a lot of our songs, you know, together. And um, there's times where Mel might have you know eighty percent of a song, or I might have eighty percent of a song. It always ends up during the joint process becoming something different though, um, and something that is like distinctly brigade. So. And I, I think that we're very fortunate. I've written with other people in the past, um, some incredible songwriters too, but it's just great to, to know that, you know, we can be open and honest with each other because it makes our product in the end much, much better because there's another level of quality control. And I think we both respect each other's decision-making process when it comes to music. So there's, there's actually one lyric in, um, in our, not the single we've just mm-hmm. released a couple of weeks ago, but the one before called Generation which is written just about sort of fragile childhoods and, and letting go of the past and, um, you know, just sort of moving past. You know, I think family issues are something that everybody can relate to. And, you know, many people on a different scale, some people, it's just 
Oh, I had an argument with my dad once. Other people is, you know, complete family destruction or implosion. You know, but I think that in that song there's something for everybody. But in the chorus, I think when I sort of fleshed out a lot of lyrics initially, do you, oh, do you remember what the lyric was? No, I had what was it? I was going, yeah, I was going nowhere with the splinters of a family in my hand. Um, and then it was all we had in common was our last name. Mel really didn't like it, and I remember feeling like mm. I really do. And then we changed the lyric to, um, you know, I always wondered um, if it's too late for you to understand, which worked out a lot better in the song, and I think actually drives the meaning home even more. So that's just an example of, of how our sort of quality control um, in the songwriting process works. And you know, I, I feel like we're we're always striving just to make the best songs that we can, and being able to be honest with each other is is how we're able to I think do that. I- sounding super pretentious which it probably does anyone who ever says i don't want to sound pretentious that's the big red flashing sign for <laughs> i'm about to sound really pretentious um you're but like, well, yeah here it comes <laughs> but what, what, what's really important to me is that like I, like i want our songs to have depth but uh and here it comes i want them to be honest if that mm-hmm. makes sense i don't want them to be contrived they're full of bullshit um and I think, like, we're a really good filter for each other. Yeah. This sounds like This sounds like a fantastic romance we've developed here. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. It absolutely nice does. It sounds like you know each other so perfectly. And it's just a match made in heaven, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just well, you, yeah, I mean, you hear, you hear people say that all the time. It's like, you know, oh, we're, we're like brothers. But, like, Mel and I really are brothers. It's not, it's not an act and it's not a... It's not a, a thing that, you know, we, we take lightly. We're very, very lucky to have that. And, you know, it's actually funny because when we talked earlier on about Mel and I's lives sort of drifting apart and come back together, just apart come back together. It's so funny because when we actually look back at what we were both doing separately at those periods of time, like we were both going through very, very similar experiences in our lives, actually ended up turning out remarkably similar in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's funny, you know, like, um, you know, when you hit that fork in the road with, with friendship sometimes you know you, you you bump into people and you realize that you're you're very different than you were but that's that's not the case with with mel and i at all so it, it does help with the, the songwriting process and, and mel, mel had the nail on the head like the thing for us is that every song that we've ever written is either about an experience that one or both of us has had or about a feeling that one or both of us has had recently one of the things we've been writing a lot about is just sort of um like a bit of uh, being 30 and, and sort of having a bit of a, a crisis, not, not, not to the point of like either of us breaking down or anything like that, but just sort of having a few big thoughts and big questions about life and, and the, the, the meaning of it all. And it, it sounds very aloof thinking like that, but you know, there's a lot of very distinct, um, you know, prophetic thoughts that, that I think happen when you, when you start to, to get into your thirties where things just, change a bit um a lot of the the other songs that we've written before have been i suppose the theme overall will be um lost or hope or, or or you know hope after loss or the other way around you know and and um, i feel like uh the music is evolving as, as we're evolving um, as people as well so you know i i very much see songs as little snapshots of of your life um, and, and you know there's tons of music out that I listen to that the lyrics aren't particularly great in I mean one of my favourite bands ever is Blink-182 and you probably wouldn't necessarily jump to that when you hear our music but 
you know, Mel and I are both big fans of theirs, but when I listen to it now, you know, I'm, I'm like, his lyrics are absolute dog shit, you know, it doesn't mean that at the time, you know, <laughs> I stand by it, but, you know, there's there's other bands out there. I'd be very, very influenced by Death Cab for Kitty and Manchester Orchestra and Mel. Mel would be the other way around. He'd be Manchester Orchestra first and then Death Cab a bit, you know, but, but lyrically, there's a lot for me in Death Cab for Kitty's music. Um, you know, that, that I, I find their, their way of painting a picture um, or or making you feel something and uh, is, is second to none. And mm-hmm. I think that Ben Gibbard is one of the best songwriters ever. Um, you know, um, I think for us, as as Mel said, honesty is, is vital in music. And I know that Jeff uh, Camp, for instance, when Ben Gibbard broke up with Louis De Chanel, um, they uh, he wrote an album called Kintsugi, which is the Japanese art of uh, making beautiful art pieces from broken pottery. So the idea of sort of making something completely again from broken pieces, and, and that whole album is littered with the experience of the divorce. You can hear it in the music, and it's so evident that. I, I was really aware of that before I even knew that. I didn't even know that they were married at the time when I heard that album. I left mm-hmm. the divorce. And yet, you can hear quite evidently what that was. And, and that's really important for us to have people listen to the music. And, and even if it just makes them think something, mm-hmm. anything at all, it doesn't matter what, if it triggers some kind of emotional response, and I feel like we've, we've done our job. Yeah. And do, do you not think, though, I know that you were saying, you know, like some of the lyrics you think, oh, they're absolute dog shit or whatever. But do you not think when you hear a song, it it can take you back to a place, can't it? You know, you can, you get a memory from thinking, oh, do you know, do you remember when we were listening to that and we were doing this? And I, and I think that's a very important thing about music as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, my, uh, my playlists are full of crap I used to listen to when I was 14 and 15. And don't get me wrong, yeah. some of it is proper crap. But it uh, reminds you of being a certain place or hanging out with certain people or yeah. this, that, and the other. But yeah, hundred percent agree. It just makes you smile. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, you're thinking, oh, you know, just memories. Great. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I remember um, Nickelback's "How You Reminds Me" being on the radio when I was. <laughs> That's not exactly one of the greatest songs ever recorded. Man. Um, you know, every time I hear that, I'm back to being 11 years old and Bondi, this is from the West Coast. You know, so you're, you're absolutely right. And again, that is, I think that music uh, is one of the most powerful things to, to, to put you back in a place. And, um, you know, some, sometimes it, it can be because of the lyrical content, um, which for me is a big thing. Um, but again, like with us, with our songs, you know, if people, people hear, something else in it that i'm okay with that you know that i would be fairly confident that if you listen to our music that you would you'd at least be able to piece together some pieces of what the songs are about from the lyrics but mm-hmm. if you don't and you get your own meaning out of it too then that's that's absolutely sweet by me exactly we have this conversation almost every week just because it is so relevant that um you know i mean we we're talking about it last week people are gonna get sick of me saying it but you know, you give that song to, to one song to ten different people, and every one of them will come back with a different meaning of it that it means to them that they get out of that song, and it, it's a fabulous thing to sort of listen to when you think, oh well, you know, actually that means that to me. But have you thought about that it could mean this? Or but yet you guys who've written it probably have a completely different outlook on what that's actually all about. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we we have um, we've been very lucky that a lot of the, the responses we we get people commenting on on three things a lot. One is we see the word emotive and um, quite a lot. Um, the other is the the accent um, and the vocals, um, which obviously I am very relieved to hear. Um, and the the other one is um, the the production. So you know, for for us, that that's kind of everything that you can ask for. You know, because that's people telling you your music's creative. We like your vocals and and this produced great. You know, that's the holy trinity for for a song, really, as far as I'm concerned. So it's great that that the people that are listening. Feel that, but I, I do feel that our music is really emotive, and a lot of it is about big stuff that, that I think most people will definitely relate to in some, some regard for sure. Yeah, fabulous. Um, so I think it's about time we had uh, some more songs. So, what have you got up for us next? Yeah. You go ahead, Mel, you can take this one. This song is called Electric Butterflies, which is a great name, and it is by Daisy Johnston, who is from our neck of the woods in Belfast. And I wish I had more information to share about this song, but I literally stumbled across it uh, on Instagram not too long ago, and I've just been listening to it a fair bit, and it's very nice sort of chill vibe with the current sunny weather we've got, so, you know. Yeah, let's have a listen. Tell myself Too much to ask I don't like these wires The voltage getting higher My heart's sinking so much That I'm drowning My stomach's doing flips And my eyes are clouded Electric butterflies are chasing me if you try to catch them back, they will steal your sleep Ain't got a lot of money, but this talk is cheap I'm a slave to the buzz in your energy I got up and left Unplugged my TV set Signals getting clear. I can feel you nearer. My heart's sinking so much that I'm drowning. My stomach's doing flips and my eyes are clouded. Electric butterflies are chasing me. If you try to cast them back, they will steal your sleep. Got a lot of money, but this talk is cheap I'm a slave to the buzz and your energy Electric butterfly Yeah
And who was that one, guys? Uh, that was Francis Gein, uh, Kiss the Sky. Um, it's just a great little tune. I, I feel like there's a, a Pixies-esque vibe off it. Um, the production's pretty stripped. It's, it's great. It's well-produced, but it's, there's a rawness to it that I really like. It's very 90s. Um, there's just a great use of melody in, in the vocals and some of the chord changes. Um, it sort of speaks to the grunge and indie fan in me, so I really like it. Yeah, it's Francis Gein, Kiss the Sky. Cool. Right then, um, so at this part of the show, I'll always like to ask you a few daft questions. And Paula's normally thrown me one my way, this, but she hasn't this week, would you believe it, when, when it's somebody that she's actually asked me to have a talk to, and she hasn't thrown me a funny question this way, so I'm going to have to have a, a little think of my own. Um, oh, oh, I've got one, I've got one. Who was your first ever celebrity crush? Oh, wow. Ooh. I really remember. You go ahead, La- go ahead. Lauren Conrad from The Hills. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I. it's my guilty little secret is that I loved watching The Hills as a teenager. And I was pretty convinced that uh, me and Lauren would get married at some point. But alas, <laughs> our lives took... Uh, Different, different paths. Um, God damn I wish, it! I know. I, w- I wish her all the best, but yes, uh, she she broke my heart once upon a time. <laughs> I remember really, really fancying Holly Valance, um, and I remember buying Zoo magazine, which my parents thought was a porno bag, um, which I suppose in some ways it was. Um, it certainly was as a thirteen-year-old. I know. Um, Holly Valance probably would have been mine. Um, I remember when I had crush on her. <laughs> well, events, do you know? Oh, God. Yeah, this is so embarrassing because I'm going to tell you mine. I am a little bit older than you guys. <laughs> um, and I think I was probably only about six or seven. And um, I had a I had a proper crush on, on, on the Hoff. Oh, well. Oh, no. That's, that's per- that is perfectly understandable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when That's he was in Night Rider. Man. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean you need the whole package. You need the car as well. No, the car as well, you know, and he'd yeah. slide across the bonnet all the time, you know. Oh, oh. the red short. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was later on. That was in Baywatch. That was later on. I was a bit older then and I didn't fancy him quite so much then. But I remember for Christmas, my mum must have sort of cottoned on that I had a little bit of a crush on him because um I'd never said anything, but I got a, I used to watch Night Rider every was it on every Saturday Sunday, you know. And um <laughs> for Christmas I got um, a David Hasselhoff jigsaw. <laughs> oh wow, with jigsaw. I was waiting for the calendar there, but a jigsaw, that's, no, that's jigsaw. <laughs> I'm I, I'm horrified. I'm horrified to think of what Mr. July might look like in that calendar. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just a, a big open fire and the shag rug in front of him. Oh no, no, no. Open leather jacket lying on the bonnet of Kit. Oh I, I, gar- I guarantee you that picture exists somewhere. <laughs> of course it does. You know, I'm going to have to find it now and then yeah. tag you. <laughs> that should be our next EP cover. Yeah. Just, just be careful in case we give you some flashbacks to your, your, to your youth. 
<laughs> oh, it's good. This is going to be awesome. I'm just going to have to find it and just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, who, who else? I mean, after that, I didn't really have that many celebrity crushes. Andre Agassi was one of my, um, yeah. Oh, wow. When I was about 16, you know, when he had that lovely long hair and then he went bald, didn't he? So. I was gonna say, was this was this pre bold? Pre bold, pre bold, Agassi. Yeah, he's a handsome man. I can see that. Yeah, pre bold, Agassi. Yeah, with his lovely long locks. I remember my dad, and this is really weird when I think back about. I didn't think it was weird at the time. My dad bought me a Rachel Stevens calendar for Christmas. You know her from what was she in S Club Seven? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think she might have been my second celebrity crush, but I just that's a weird thing to buy for your son. I think that might have been a present just for me. <laughs> it's not a weird present to buy for your son. He'll have been like, hey, up, hey, up. It was just a bit weird that he made us put it up in the living room. <laughs> no, yeah. I actually think that calendar was more for your dad than it was for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been a stranger if he put it in the bathroom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, God, I don't want to know this. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on, moving on. Moving on. Okay. Um, so which one of you is um, the clown out of the two? Um, probably both of us, to be fair. Okay. Um, I, well, yeah, I would say both of us. Like, uh, okay. I feel like... Don't underestimate how similar we are. Um, we actually did <laughs> as a joke once. We did we did a personality type test, and we were the exact same, except Mel leans towards introvert, and I lean towards extrovert. But we were like everything else is absolutely identical, which was completely unsurprising to either of us. And there's been times, and it happens all the time. He'll send me a video, or I'll send him a video, and be like, "Oh, you should check this." Out. I'll be like, "Literally watched that five minutes ago." Like our YouTube algorithm must be identical. Because we always consume the same content as well. Oh. <laughs> All right, then. So what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Oh, jeez. Snack the bottle of tequila, probably. Still can't <laughs> drink it. Is it one of those drinks that where you just get a whiff of it and you go... <laughs> It's worse than that. Like I don't even, like, I don't even need a whiff of it. It's even if I know someone near me is drinking it, I'll wretch. I just can't. I can't do it at all. Uh, you'll catch me with a Guinness or a straight whiskey in my hand. That's that's about it. <laughs> mine, mine. If that is um, Cinzano Bianco, oh, yeah, oh, Martini Cinzano Bianco. Oh, oh my god, I was. What's oh, the stupidest thing you ever did, Mo? My, I think mine's also drink related. Um, I was 16, seven, 16 or 17. I'm, I'm leaning towards 16, which is a very naughty age to be drinking. But we went to my now wife's best friend's house for a house party while uh, their parents were away, God knows where. And uh, I had a, a had too much to drink and passed out uh, in the buff in their family shower over while while I for whatever reason turned the shower on, passed out there, blocked the plug hole, and uh, flooded their upstairs and uh, 
I was awoken by lots of very angry people shouting at me because water was dripping down into their kitchen. It was pretty embarrassing. And now that I'm recounting it, it's something I buried deep inside. So it was shame as well. It definitely win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking that, that was this, my next question was the most embarrassing, but I think, think you've yeah. covered that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really get embarrassed. It's a strange thing. I just don't. I just don't. Um, I, I can't even, I genuinely can't even think of one time where I've been embarrassed. Not well, at all. This, is, um, this is where we, we differ because I feel like I've got constant, constant micro embarrassments at all times. <laughs> <laughs> well, my oh, one of my oh, I can't I can't work out whether it was embarrassing or the stupidest or but one of the things that makes me laugh the most because even, even when I think about it now, I can't tell the story. Um, <laughs> we'd been to the races and I was all dressed up, you know, and um, we'd gone out to the pubs afterwards and. I was coming down a set of stairs and then it like turned and there was another two stairs. Well, I was in heels and my heel got caught in the carpet on the last, um, on the top, uh, top of the last two steps. So as I was trying to get like down it, I, I couldn't and I started to fall. But at that point, my heel sort of ripped out of the carpet and I slammed my foot down on the floor. But I was going, I was going down. I managed to grab hold of this man in front of me by the back of his shirt, right? <laughs> Who had two pints in his hand. But I was coming down with quite some force and I nearly folded him in half backwards. <laughs> Trying to stop myself from falling and both the pints just went straight down his front. Oh. <laughs> oh. <Nightmare>. He, saw... <laughs> he was absolutely stupid. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> well, I started laughing and I'm trying to apologise to him and say, I'm so sorry, I was falling. And like he turned around like he was going to, I was going to get a smack at first. And he saw it was like a, a lady and he was like, it's okay. And I was like, please let me buy you a pint. And he wouldn't even let me buy me a, let me buy him a pint. He just said, as long as you're all right, love. What a you know, gentleman. You just, oh, you know, when you're just like, oh, no, I can't believe I've just done that. That poor man. <laughs> But yeah, one of my most, uh, not my most flashing moments. <laughs> right, anyway, time for a little bit more music, I think. Yep. Um, this, what have you got? This one is, this one is um, by uh, a, a, a local, well, localish guy called Matt McGinn. And this one's called something. And Matt's pretty well respected in Northern Ireland, and his voice is just like butter. I, I just think this is a, a great song. The songwriting is great. It's stunning. And the vocal melody and how the chorus just lifts it. And he's just a great talent here. And he's, he's a really good guy. And he's given us some great advice as well. So big thanks to, to Matt McGinn for that as well. Um, but yeah, this, this song's called something. Brilliant. Let's have a listen. Thank you. 
Stay or go. He sings to me and. Re- 
And who was that one, guys? That was um, He Comes to Me With Trouble by Barry Law. Barry is a very close friend of Brigade and an amazing person, an incredible musician. And I just love the emotion of that song. And Barry's voice is, is special. And he's, he's been great with us. He does a lot of work with us. And uh, you know, we, we really love collaborating with him. But his music is phenomenal and well worth checking out. Brilliant. So, who, speaking of collaborations, who would be your perfect collaborator? To write or perform? Well, tell us both. Hmm. I. Oh, sorry, I was waiting for you. Um, <laughs> I would like to write with. Ooh, Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra, I think. And perform, geez, I don't know. Um, really, mind melt trying to think. <laughs> Put you on the spot. I, 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 yeah, I don't really know who I'd want to perform with because I'd always just end up wanting to to watch. Like, <laughs> I don't know, someone, someone, Elton John. Well, Elton John would work well with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm playing the piano for us. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I think I'd love to collaborate writing with Ben Gibbard, and um, just because I, I reckon I could learn from the lyric writing standpoint. And I think with music, it's very much uh, a constant growth process. You're never done learning. Uh, music in particular, um, I feel like as proud as I am of the stuff we've released so far the stuff that we're writing now is, is a step up again. So I feel like working with him will be massively beneficial. And I'd love to perform with Floyd Vance. Um, Why didn't because, I think of that? Yeah, uh, I was just completely uh, caught yeah. off guard. I used to be friendly with, with people that would have been friendly with him and played snicker with them. I actually helped him move the snicker table once, which is a hilarious experience. But um, I'd love to play with him because he just has this voice that that transcends where he's performing there's there's nobody else i've seen live that that, that can perform like him there's just particular about about boys performances and um I'd, I'd love especially with him being from the same town as us mm -hmm. um I, I would love love to be able to, to perform with boys some wow yeah that'd be fantastic you never know you never know yeah. you never know <laughs> <laughs> okay um have um i know that you guys you, you know you've said that you've only been together for a very very short period of time but what would be 
what what would be your ultimate gig? Well, we actually both will get the exact same answer to this. I have no yeah. doubt. So there is a, a concert that's going to happen in, in Bangor, where we're from, and, and Snow Patrol started it. Um, and there's a, a park that Mel and I would have both played in when we were kids. And it's called Ward Park. It isn't anything special as a park. It's just a fine park. You know, there's ducks and there's rivers and tennis courts. There's nothing <laughs> major about it, right? But they set the attendance record for, I think, for a Northern Irish concert um, twice. And they put on a big concert there. I think they've done it three times. Yeah. Um, and they have usually have banger bands um, as support. Uh, I think for us, that would be the dream, just because banger has this way of of being in your soul. It's really hard to describe. There's something about people from Bangor that they're always they always gravitate back to it. And and uh, Foy actually Foy Vance has a song called Banger Town. He talks mm-hmm. about the coastlines and there's a little pub called Fieldies, which is the best Guinness in the world, by the way. Um, <laughs> so there's something about Bangor that that's very special, and I think living by the sea um, is a, a very very powerful thing, and a lot of people take it for granted. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for us being able to be involved with with a concert that big in Bangor with other bands from Bangor would be huge. Um, don't get me wrong. Other big UK bands support them and all at that gig, but they usually dedicate the first couple of support acts to banger bands. And I think for us, it would be a really special experience to play there. Well, let's get you put forward for it, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We're going to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> Start the Twitter campaign. Make, right? make our mission. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> right guys well thank you so much for coming and chatting to me i've had an absolute whale of a time and um what song of yours would you like us to play um that's a very good question um our i'll tell you what you can choose um our two recent singles are generation um which is about um the complexity of family and recovering from uh, well, accepting certain situations where we have missing persons, uh, which is our most recent single. And it was written about a guy that I met in a bar who just, I just knew something was up and he wasn't okay and just talking to him. And then a number of weeks later, um, I found out he was actually missing. Um, oh. And I don't know, I don't know why. He thankfully he turned up, but uh, it was sort of real song. Um, but uh, the, the thing was that it just really affected me for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. and Mel and I sort of, I, I shared the experience with Mel and we sat down and, and wrote what became Missing Persons and it's sort of about someone who's a bit lost and um, doesn't really know their place and that's what Missing Persons is about. So you, you can choose whichever you wish. Well, do you know what? I'm going to go for a Missing Person because it is actually my favourite of your songs. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's great. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Thanks for having us. <laughs> All right. Let's have a listen to Missing Person.
I know you don't really know me But I can see it on your face You're wandering through this life alone Just trying to find your place And if you find what you need here You may be alright What happens in the darkness Will keep you up at night Just float there forever Back to earth too soon You won't be another man To set foot on the moon Space is cold and so lonely You've landed here through fear Burned up on re-entry Flying through the atmosphere
sun, sunset on a distant coast. It's the ones you love that you'll miss the most.
But now that was Rags Gustave with Soul Africa. Mm-hmm. So nice little summer tune again. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that. Um, ooh, next up, what have we got next? Yes, a new one. This um, is out next Friday. Um, I'm sure they'll be pre-saved for this, this one too. This is Third Lung with What is Life? What is life when it's not seen or heard? If it's not prized or loved, held up to the gun, values on sun. What is a known forms and fear? What is
Okay, now that was Top of Our Lungs from Dead Star Talk. So this is another one that is out on the 30th of July. This is their third single from their debut album, Too Many, Too Much. Oh, and motoring on. Next up, we have Keep My Candle Bright by Peter Baker.
Okay, now that was Abnorm bringing us citrus. And these guys are actually from Newcastle. So another one from the northeast. Would you believe Yeah, I, 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 honestly, I totally would. I totally would. That's, that's where things are coming out right now. It is. And you know what, April? We're here again. How do we do it so fast? It feels like it flies by. Every week, we get to this point in the show. I just can't believe it. It's the end. <laughs> and this week we're going to be leaving you with the newest release from Tom Bright. And this is Down the Line. And that's exactly where we're going to see you. Y'all have an absolutely wonderful week and see you next Sunday. Take care, guys. your plane on time Or did you fix your wings up and learn to fly I think I lost my mind The empty bottles left out, left behind Cloud nine, you didn't catch me, darling. The warning sign, I missed the chance to make you mine. Cause now you got your toes in the sand under sunset skies. See you down the line.
empty bottle left out, left behind. See you down the line. Oh no. See you down the line.